The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, as always, you can contact us if you if you have any questions or suggestions or whatever. And whatever it is, contact me. The best place to do it is via email. Radio News at FromTheMedian.com. Dot org, at least. Radio News at FromTheMedian.com. Org. I have so many emails going right now that it's, I've got to get rid of a whole bunch of them so that I can remember which ones are, are which and for which program. So, but if you do that and go to my From the Median Radio program email, I can get back to you as quickly as possible. So you don't have to worry about anything. You can also try my, my phone, my cell phone. But as I always warn all of you, not so good because sometimes I don't get to it for a while to return messages. But my, my cell phone is 440-668-4049. I have a wonderful returning guest on the program right now. He is joining me to talk a little bit about something that I think we all need to know more about. Joe Allen was with us in 2020. 22, as one of our key speakers, he is a writer, a tech correspondent at the War Room Pandemic. His work appears in The Federalist, Cold Type, Salvo, The National Pulse, The American Thinker, and elsewhere. And Joe is a very, very interesting guy. Very interesting. It's so great to be able to get him on the program whenever I'm able to do that. He describes himself as a fellow primate who wonders why... We ever came down from the trees. Joe, my goodness, that's a wonderful introduction. <laughs> and I have to say right now, I'm beginning to wonder the same thing, but welcome to From the Median. Thank you very much, Molly. Very good to be here. Absolutely. Since you, since you spoke at our Bringing America Back to Life convention, Joe, back in 2022, just over a year ago, you know, your, your whole, your title was Transhumanism, Reprogramming the Image of God. And when you gave your talk, it was like, really? I remember listening to you and thinking, is this really happening? Is it really happening? Are we really going down this path? Tell us a little bit about, Joe, what is happening with it. And it's all to do with this artificial intelligence. What well, on know, earth Molly, is happening? I think the, the idea of where are we going, uh, that's a, that's a big, that's a big question. Uh, some eight, Eight billion people plus on the planet. I, I don't know where we are going as a human species, but I know where some plan to go. And it is definitely down that path that transhumanism is a very good umbrella term for it. It could be called many, many things. You could call it optimalism. You could call it futurism. Uh, you could call it posthumanism in its most extreme forms. Uh, you might just call it science and progress, but some number of the the human species plan to go down that path, plan to take as many with them as possible and uh, or as desirable, depending on which thinker we're talking about. And I, I think that that goal, that goal to uh, optimize the human being by way of science and technology 
And the ultimate goal, which is to create a digital mind that is superhuman, which would either be something like a Greek demigod in its lesser form, uh, or it would be something like the Judeo-Christian God in its uh, in their most dramatic uh, ambitions. So you, when I when I spoke uh, last year, talked a lot about virtual reality. I talked a lot about the metaverse. I think one thing that is really important to note about futurism or any kind of projection of uh, technological trends into the future is it's very very uncertain. And so uh, I, I was actually surprised how bad the flop was for Meta's version of the metaverse. Um, however, it, it, I think that's very encouraging too, by the way. But however, it, it does people oftentimes confuse Meta with the metaverse as if they invented it. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, you know, uh, all toads are frogs, but not all frogs are toads. Uh, Meta is part of the metaverse, but the metaverse certainly isn't limited to meta. It preceded meta as an idea decades before, but as even a, an actual digital network uh, preceded meta and, and has continued on. It, nothing about that really has slowed down. So uh, really quick to your question, though, this idea of um, just to reuse, recycle my title, reprogramming the image of God I, I don't think that that project has slowed in the slightest. And I mm. think that to the extent that we live in a largely secularized society in the West and, and to the extent that many do in Asia and elsewhere, that technology has crept in as a replacement for the divine symbols that would direct human beings towards a, a supernatural or a transcendent realm, transcendent beings those transcendent realms and transcendent beings uh, in the secular mind uh, have largely become digital. And so I think that that, uh, that idea of reprogramming the image of God, it will be valid until the end of days, you could say. Mm-hmm. You've, you've wrote a very interesting blog on your, on your, um, on your blog uh, posts, uh, just very, very recently. Actually, I think it's just last week or so. I'm just trying to check the dates here. Yes, I think it was, no, it was back in April. And, um, I, I was, I was really sort of taken by this because it's, it's, you, 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 what you mention in, in this blog, in this article, Joe, is the fact that even those that were actually involved in, in building this AI system and, uh, this metaverse or whatever we want to call it, um, are, are a little afraid of what's happening with it right now. What do you think? What? And then you pose four questions that we need to ask ourselves and that they, they, they are probably asking themselves and that should we let machines flood our information channel? Should we automate away our old jobs, et cetera? Do we develop non-human? Should we allow non-human minds to be, to be, um, developed? And should we re- lose risk of, con- of control of our, our civilization? These, these are huge. This is a huge threat. I don't think we even we. I don't think we're even starting to 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 understand how 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 incredible what an incredible change this will be. Just this morning, whilst I was preparing for this interview, there's an article that's just come out about um, the uh, um, American the Australian uh, Medical Association that's saying you know you're not allowed to use these things for for medical uh, uh, files etc. because because it's it's open to so much abuse. So. They're actually trying to pull it back and say, stop, stop, stop. Wow. 
this is this has been gone. What should we? What what is the answer to those questions? Should should we let machines flood? Is there a there is there a limit? Is there a, a place where you say yes, we can do that if we do that this, do that, do this? I think I think that many sane and sane and rational people will make that decision to say yes under certain restrictions and circumstances. I personally am very pessimistic about the direction of all of it. I do believe that the the downsides certainly outweigh the upsides, but it's going to be different in different societies. It'll be different in different nations. It'll be different in different states within nations or provinces within nations. And it will certainly be different in, in various institutions and communities within the larger society. So it, I, I don't see any of this happening in a uniform fashion. What uh, the, the questions that were posed, that comes out of an open letter that was drafted by the Future of Life Institute. And the Future of Life Institute is actually, uh, by and large, composed of people who are either open transhumanists or uh, certainly you would say maybe transhuman transhumanist adjacent. And these are people who have thought deeply about these technologies and are actually quite excited about the, the upsides of them, the benefits, but they perceive a real danger in advanced artificial intelligence. And Max Tegmark, who is one of the founders of the institution, he is in every sense that I could, uh, that I would define transhumanism. He is a transhumanist. But the, the, the quandary that he poses is that artificial intelligence, particularly the development of artificial general intelligence, some sort of uh, lucid, fluid, uh, digital brain with multiple cognitive modules that, you know, everything from sensation to rationality, logic, uh, all the sorts of things that one associates with the human brain. Should such a thing be developed, it would be impossible to predict its output, and it would be basically impossible to control without serious constraints. And the development of GPT, while it might seem kind of cute, you plug in a question or something like that into or a prompt into chat GPT, it comes back with an answer. Uh, it's just, you know, it's basically a, a highfalutin search engine in many people's minds. People who have followed the technology that it's based on, the neural network, that, that underpins the uh, chat GPT program know that it represents a massive leap forward in artificial intelligence. And so even those who are really enthusiastic about it understand that it, it is not necessarily under human control, or even if you accept the idea that the guys at OpenAI have full control over this, you still have a technology that would not necessarily be under the control of those of us in day-to-day -day society who are subject to it. So uh, a few entry points would be education. There's enormous enthusiasm among those in, in the e-learning industry. Bill Gates is pushing this really hard, of course. Uh, Bill Gates, obviously, founder of Microsoft and OpenAI, now uh, directly tied to Microsoft, both through investment and incorporation. Uh, another way is the medical industry. What, we, what they found over and over again is that when GPT works correctly, which is not every time, but when it works correctly, uh, it can come up with remarkably accurate diagnoses and even treatments that the doctor wouldn't necessarily be able to. Uh, this has happened numerous times. Just the doctor simply was not knowledgeable enough 
or did not have the, the proper associations with the symptoms and uh, the system was. And the idea really ideally would be to train it on someone's medical records or train it on a, a, a huge corpus of medical records so that it would be more specialized for medicine. There will be many mistakes, but as we know, especially in the last three years, many doctors, human doctors, make mistakes too. Uh, and, and one other entry point where we already see artificial intelligence being like narrow artificial intelligence, just advanced algorithms, um, really the, the, the norm is in finance. Uh, it's, it's in the uh, analysis of stock prices or the value of commodities. And a lot of what happens on Wall Street right now, and this has been true for many, many years, and it alarms a lot of people who work on Wall Street, a lot of the decisions that drive the stock market up and down, it's not human decisions. It's no longer a matter of economists just looking at human beings and their preferences and trying to decide what the future of any stock price or the value of any company might be. A lot of that is driven by decisions made by machines that are trading at lightning speed. So education, medicine, finance, and it just goes really across the board. All of these areas are beginning to see the effects of a, a sort of digitized algorithmic society. And I, I think that there is real reason to, to be concerned about the actual technology. I think really the big concern to me is that as these artificial minds become mythologized and romanticized, that the population is being primed, not by some conspiracy theory, just the, by the direction of the culture, where secular culture and a kind of technophilic culture is going. I, I think that the population is being primed to accept these minds as partners and ultimately, as they advance, to accept these minds as superior to human decision making. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you 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 talked about that. You know the, those three major big areas that, that where we are seeing this this the impact of of AI. Um, what about you, one of the? There's a very good article in the Epoch Times recently about this. You know the fact that, it, that we, we've we've got to be very careful because this is this is being this is actually entering into the world right at the time when when certainly in the Western world humans are. Losing more and more um, confidence in themselves as humans, and I, I wanted to ask you the question, Joe: Where does this technology help us with ethical decisions? Because that's going to be, I think, the next huge piece that, that we're going to see that's going to be making ethical decisions for us as well. You know, uh, it's interesting. We did a hit on the war room. It must have been about two weeks ago. Now, uh, I made that very argument that the, the, the real. One of, I don't know if it's exactly like the Epic Times article. I haven't seen it, but I think that the, the real problem here is that as human beings lose faith in the media, lose faith in education, lose faith in politics, it is opening the door to the idea of algocracy. Rule by algorithm is opening the idea to using one-on-one -on -one AI tutors to educate children, if, of using artificial intelligence to compose news stories, supposedly under human supervision, but we all know how that goes. And then even at the most extreme lengths, the idea of algocracy, the idea that algorithms are unbiased, algorithms can better gauge the problems of society, and so algorithms should be turned to in order to make political decisions. Um, this is a fringe idea at the moment, but as I see this trend growing, I think that it's something that people will have to confront probably sooner than later. 
You know, that's, it's very interesting, Joe, because what I am hearing, even from, you know, people around me who, you know, who are in the pro-life movement, for example, um, many are saying we've either got to, we've, we've got to catch up. We've got to learn how to use this stuff. So it's good for us to put as much, you know, to start using it, to use it for our, our you know, writing our, um, articles, you know, go doing, doing, you know, maybe sort of feeding into it so that we've got what we want in there as well, because we cannot stop it. Do you believe that? Do you believe that we cannot stop? I mean, when I look at it, if, Everything you're describing to me is, is so alarming because it's, it's pushing us. We're already seeing this. We, we are, we're already seeing our children with, with, um, you know, headphones on. And, and I know when you were here in, in, in Cleveland, you and I talked about this is that you try really hard not to walk around with a cell phone, you know, stuck in your palm. But Joe, everybody's got their cell phones, even our children, even my grandchildren. It's, so do we learn to use it? Do, what do you see as, as the, as the, you know, solution to all of this? I, mean, I wish that there was a, a one size fits all solution. I, I don't believe that such a thing exists. I, I do think that a, you do need to have the weapons of the age at hand if you're going to protect yourself. And so to some extent, some degree of competence and understanding of these technologies is necessary. That being said, one of the things that people really have to understand about transhumanism, futurism, even posthumanism, these are not left-wing movements. Uh, there are left-wing people. These are not liberal movements. Of course, there are le- liberal thinkers. These are basically uh, the ideology is centered on the technology itself. The predictions of transhumanists don't say that there will be some sort of world economic globalist takeover. The pre- some do, but... The prediction really at its core is that the necessity to keep up with technological evolution will require anyone who wants to be relevant in the future to take on these technologies. And so, as you saw with people being very nervous about barcodes or being very nervous about uh, personal identification in the 20th century, now people are nervous about the idea of being chipped or of the biometric scanners at Amazon, or at the clear kiosks at the airport, or this new world ID, uh, iris biometric scanner that is now becoming much more popular as we speak. People are seeing that. Uh, People are seeing artificial intelligence developed, and they're nervous about it. But the same sorts of arguments are being made from the right, from the left. We have to adopt this in order to stay relevant. I think people have this illusion that they'll be able to just adopt the very next thing, and that will be it. They'll be able to stop there. It's, it, I, I don't foresee this train stopping. Wow. And so the question really has to be, do you become part of it, and do you carve out your own sort of traditionalist Christian form of cyborg theocracy, or do you find ways to reject it and live outside of it? Because it, it will ultimately come down to something like a binary choice. Right now it's on a spectrum, but the more extreme that these technologies become, then the more extreme the choice will become, and it will become something like a binary. To put it in apocalyptic Christian terms, you will take the mark or you won't. Um, I, I, I just do not see any other way around it. 
Wow. Wow. Joe, you have, you've just written a book. I need to, I need to get book out into everybody's hands. Tell us a little bit about your book and how do we get it? The title of the book is Dark Eon, Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. Uh, you can buy it at the Amazon Beast. It's available for pre-sale right now. Uh, other other locations as well, bookshop.org. Soon it will be on the publisher's website, Skyhorse Publishing. Um, the book describes all of this. Uh, it, it, it tackles the concepts of transhumanism, futurism, posthumanism from different angles. And I, I think that my goal is that anyone reading that book will have a very clear idea of the types of paths that transhumanists, technocrats, uh, futurists, technophiles in general, the types of paths that they are charting for humanity and hopefully have the tools that they need to decide how far down those paths they're willing to go. And if they are not willing to go, uh, maybe I give a little something as to how to stay human. Wow. You know, as, as I, as I look at all of this and, you know, we, we, we were talked a bit earlier about ethical decisions, um, you know, and, and, and allowing these, this AI, this artificial intelligence to be able to do all of this for us. I, I do, I, I'm, I'm so pleased you've written a book because I don't think I've ever heard anybody speak about all of this as, as clearly as you do. And, you know, back a year ago, you were, you were raising the alarms and saying, you know, guys, you better know about this because, I mean, really and truly, a lot of people sitting in that, in, in that convention had not even heard of it. I mean, it's just like, it's something that's out there. It's, you, we're all busy with our lives, Joe. I've got, you know, we've got children, grandchildren, everybody's running around like crazy, doing jobs. And so this is just sort of, it's crept in slowly, but sure, well, actually not so slowly. It's crept in huge. It's, it's just been like a, a tidal wave that's come through. Even in the year that you, since you were here, I, I am astounded at how fast this has grown. And the fact that so many of the, of of the designers, so to speak, are now a little afraid of it themselves. Because from what I can understand, you can actually this this um, technology is actually teaching itself languages. Oh, absolutely, it, it's it's really astounding. I mean, machine learning has been around a long time. Machine learning is simply the ability of algorithms to generate novel content after scouring massive amounts of data. The real significance of these deep learning neural networks, such as GPT, and there are many, many others, uh, is that its ability to learn is much more human-like than people thought it would be. And its outputs, people focus on the mistakes. It would be like, and, and this is to put it in transhumanist terms, to focus on the mistakes would be like to focus on a child's mistakes. Every time you try to teach a child uh, to memorize a poem, or to remember facts, if you focused only on those mistakes and, and ignored those advances that the child is making, then you would have a very warped view of what was actually going on as that child is growing. So I, no one knows the limits to this. It could be limited right now. Right now might be the capping point. I wouldn't bank on that. But again, I don't think that any of the future is not determined in stone. I think that every human being has a decision to make mm -hmm. as to what technologies are appropriate, as to how those technologies fit into their lives. Same with the communities above, same with the institutions above that. And I, I think that the really important thing is to at least understand the motivations and the visions behind these technologies where they see them going even if they're inaccurate, it will still 
in some way direct the path of those technologies in the lives of people who don't want anything to do with that. And so it, it, it hopefully, again, hopefully I provide at least a few tools to, uh, to and orientation to figure out which direction we want to take our civilization or what direction we want to take the subcultures within the larger civilization if we can't control the, the, the society at large. Again, get the name of your book and where people can, can order it. Uh, that's Dark Eon, Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. And uh, much as it pains me, go to Amazon to get the presale or uh, bookshop.org, bookshop.org and a number of other outlets. Okay, but uh, perfect. again, I, I think that even people who might not, uh, who might bristle at some of the religious points that I make, I think there'll be much to uh, inform and appreciate aside from any disagreements. Absolutely. Absolutely. Joe Allen, as always, absolutely delightful to talk to you. Thank you so much. I'm going to get you back on as soon as we, you know, we get this out there, get all the information about there. And I, I'll, you're the, you're the expert. So we'll be coming back to you as, as I get, as well, I start to get terrified, then I have to go back to Joe Allen and say, what am I, what's happening? <laughs> so we'll do Thank you. Me. Thank you very much, Molly. And, and I guess for also for your listeners, it comes out August 29th. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. So we'll, we'll, I'll put that up there too. Folks, this will be on the website so you can go there and, and order your, your early copy thing. Thank you, Joe. God bless you lots for all you do. God bless Thanks you. Thanks a lot, Molly. Okay. Bye-bye. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class inspiring guest. <laughs> 